Welcome back to Your Average Witch. This episode is going to be a little bit different. It's kind of an April Fool's joke on the universe. I am the one being interviewed this time. Kim Stoll, back from season one, agreed to interview me kind of as a joke. Kind of because I just like her. Kim asked me about how being in the desert shapes my practice, a little bit about my military service, and how I started my business. Now let's get to the stories. Hey, welcome to Your Average Witch. Um, We're here with Kim of Clever Kim's Curios and um, Kim of this podcast. Uh, How are you today? I feel real weird, actually. <laughs> How actually, are you? Oh, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. It's a great day in um, Tucson, Arizona. It's thanks for up. letting me interview you. This is going to be fun. Thanks for doing it. I was. I've been excited about it for about six months. <laughs> <laughs> is that so? Yeah, you've been running the podcast for six months, seven months now. I don't know. That's just, that's just how long I've been thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's, uh, how about you introduce yourself, oh, no. uh, your, your businesses, your pronouns, um, you know, your, your social handles, your social security number, your credit card, whatever you want to give out. Do you know how much preparation I've done for this? <laughs> Can you no. guess? Because I forgot that no. question was coming. You're right. It's, it's beyond none. <laughs> Uh, my name's Kim. I have a business called Clever Kim's Curios that is on the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I make jewelry and uh, sometimes art pieces and witchy stuff. And you can get to that at cleverkimscurios.com. I also have a YouTube channel that I almost never use. Yeah. Call it Homestead Witchery. And I do this podcast. This is called Your Average Witch. (laughs) (laughs) What made you start this podcast? Um, Where did the idea come from? And I was wondering, how has it changed or evolved over the first two seasons that you've had here? When I first started, I just, I didn't know what it was going to be. I just knew I wanted to talk to witches because my husband has had a podcast. He had a podcast for a good while, like a couple of years, like back when he was deployed, he was starting it and it was interesting to listen to. And he got to talk to his friends and I thought, oh, that seems fun. And I did YouTube for a while and that was fun to interact, but it wasn't like talking to somebody like this. Mm. And so I thought, you know, it would be fun to go back and forth because I like back and forth. I prefer podcasts where there's more than one person. Yeah. And so I came up with the who, which, where, and I was just going to talk to witches all over the place. And with the, the so cute spelling of which, like us, and that didn't work out because there's a freaking <laughs> gaming podcast called who, who, which, where, and I'm not trying to get sued. So I had to change oh. the name real quick. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't know why you had changed the name. <laughs> yeah. It's because I'm trying to avoid a litigation. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and it, and if you listen to the first couple episodes, it is more about businesses, uh, but that's boring. And I realized, you know, I really like stories. 
and I'm from the freaking Appalachians. That's mm-hmm. story time all around. So it's just morphed into story time with witches. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what has surprised you about running this podcast? Oh, snap. That people will talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Who is every time people say yes, I'm like, oh, yeah. holy crap! <laughs> is there anyone that you've had on the on the podcast so far that you're like, there's no way they're going to agree to this? Amy Sigil, mm. too cool. <laughs> yes, I have idolized her since 2006, I think. And also, um, the people from New World Witchery. Sure, yeah, I was really floored when they said yes and so and they were so kind about it and now i love lane so much (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't dislike Corey, but i love lane so much (laughs) um so can you tell me a little bit about your other well this isn't really a business it's it's a podcast uh but your other business uh the clever kim's curios your jewelry making when and how did you get into that and how does witchcraft play into that work Honestly, it's because one of my friends was making stuff and selling it on Facebook. Mm. And I thought, that looks fun. I think I could do that. But I wanted to do, I love little tiny things and I love weird stuff. So I wanted to do (laughs) weird things in little tiny lockets. And so Mm. I managed to find a way to do that. But the lockets were made of plastic And they weren't very good quality and I wanted more control. So Mm -hmm. I learned, I started, I took a soldering class. Oh, okay. How long have you been doing it? Since 2014. Mm. And it has it been just a lot of trial and error, like figuring out how to work with stuff? Yes. Yes. Like, guess what I can't do? I can't use, I can't model thin clay. I can't do that. I can't. Mm do resin very well i can't paint (laughs) i found out a lot of things that i'm not good at i'm not good at drawing (laughs) so what are you good at (laughs) i don't know i don't know (laughs) the metal people talk (laughs) (laughs) i i I don't know that i would say i'm good at it it's something that i'm able to do i'm not going to say yeah i'm good at that because i see flaws in everything I do and I try to say yeah it's, it's I meant it to be like that but in the back of my head I'm like you're a dumbass screwed <laughs> up that is <laughs> I just don't yeah, tell other I, people because I don't want them to see it too <laughs> yeah totally I'm sure that you're just yeah, yeah you're being hard on yourself but <laughs> yeah that's what my therapist says <laughs> yeah. and your your jewelry has been on like I, I see in the Etsy store like has been on what is like, what are some of the shows like these, like Riverdale or whatever? Yeah. And Young and the Restless, I think is the mm. most recent one. How did, how did that happen? Like, how do you get your pieces on, on a TV show? I was in a, it was actually a local Etsy sellers community, local to Colorado Springs. Mm. And somebody said, Hey, I joined this group. It's called the Artisan Group. And you can you might be able to get your stuff on TV, and I thought, oh, why not? And since I have this self-loathing sort of thing happening, I thought you're stupid if you do this because nobody would ever. That's not never going to happen. But I also 
decided randomly that I was going to try to get some of my weirder jewelry into Ripley's Believe It or Not. And they actually accepted it. After at first, at first they said no, but then they contacted me later on and said, hey, we do have a space for you in this particular book. And so I thought, well, if you can do that, the worst they can say is no, and who cares? And if you do get mm-hmm. in, then good. So yeah. I applied and I got in. And then one of the first things that they used was this necklace that I made for the Vampire Diaries. And then I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> this is real. And it was on The Witch, which <laughs> was interesting. And so if you if, if people want to try to see if you can get accepted into the group, it's called The Artisan Group, theartisangroup.org. Tell them I sent you. <laughs> yeah, and have has your shop always been sort of overtly witchy or has that sort of evolved over time? No, it was not overt. Mm-hmm. It was not even completely intentional at first. That's just sort of how I roll. <laughs> yeah. And I realized, oh, people might like it if it has a little bit more intention mm. or if it looks a certain way. And so I started that. And then gradually I thought, this needs to be a thing. And so I made it official. Yeah. So what does it mean to you when you call yourself a witch? Oh, no. It's the question that you wrote, and now and now it is time for you to answer. I'm sure it gets to be like, you know, you listen to everyone's answers, and it's like, yeah, I agree with that, and I agree with that, and I agree mm-hmm. with that. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. But it is kind of similar. I, I, I okay, f- let me first describe what I feel like witchcraft is. It's when you use your intention, something you want to happen, and the entire universe is made of energy. So we figured out various ways to make energy change and move. And so I use my intent to do that. And I think if someone does that or is able to do that or is trying to do that, that's what makes them a witch and that's what makes me a witch. Other people disagree with that definition and that's fine but that's what i say about myself Mm -hmm. yeah and can you tell me a little bit about your practice do you have any regular rituals or practices that you'd like to share i didn't until i started this podcast (laughs) and then because i'm looking for people to bring on the podcast (laughs) i'm reading Mm -hmm. a lot more books And so I read Honor, I think it's called Honoring Your Ancestors. I don't remember the name of the book, but it's Mm -hmm. the book about ancestors by the person with the French name. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they do every morning is they get up and they say, I've paraphrased what they say. I'm going to tell you what I say because I don't remember their exact wording, but I light some incense. I have an ancestor altar now and I light some incense and I say, there never was a day like this before and there never will be again. And I'm thankful for both of those facts. Hmm. And then I have uh, a little shot glass of water that I use for my offering. And in the end, I know this is going to bother some people too, but it's wasteful to not do it this way, in my opinion. I take the water and I say, my ancestors live on within me and I drink this for them. And I drink the water. Sometimes it's when I take my ibuprofen for the morning, (laughs) I take that too. And then I refill it. And then once a week, I clean everything. I clean it all. 
And usually it involves moving some of the stuff around just because, mm. I don't know, it just ends up that way. Once in a long while, we'll do another kind of offering. And I say we because Ken also does this. Whoever gets up first does it. Hmm. He'll sometimes put coffee or his energy drink, which, my God, which they must <laughs> think of that. <laughs> it's pre-workout. <laughs> Just in case, you know what, they want to get a little workout in for the day. And sometimes I'll put food. I do have a special bowl, but that's what I do every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Ken also participates in this. Does he consider himself a witch? Um, what is his relationship to like your witchcraft practice? I still haven't asked him flat out if he considers himself to be a witch. He One day we went to the ninth house and he bought himself some cards. He got the, the Wild Unknown Oracle deck. Mm, okay, yeah. And so he works with those and he'll do the, the ancestor stuff. He'll light a candle on thursday for jupiter day or if like he's done rituals for himself like to get this job that he's starting tomorrow Mm -hmm. actually (laughs) so i i don't know what he calls himself i do know that he does things that i would make me call him a witch Mm -hmm. yeah so when did you first start calling yourself a witch um, do you have like a coming out story? Was it an event or was it sort of like a slow creep? And it just sort of one day you're like, oh, I guess that's what I am. I, I wondered like, um, especially talking about your relationship with Ken, like was there like a revealing of like, I'm a witch to <laughs> to Ken or was it just like, we're I'm doing this now. And uh, or like, you know, did you reveal it to your family or yeah, is there any like, or did it just sort of happen and and no one is asked. <laughs> all, all of I've never come out as anything. Mm-hmm. I just have my mom on my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I talk about yeah, being you see, bi. You like see. I'm open yeah. about being bi. I'm open about being a witch. <laughs> mm-hmm. She knows I have this podcast. She promotes my shop and says, if you're into witchy things, go here. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, as far as Ken... He's been gone for about a quarter of our marriage, either deployed or in army training, or he went to school in another city for gunsmithing, and then he went to San Diego for jewelry school. So he's been gone for a large part of our marriage. And one day he came back and I was just, hey, this is the way it is now. I didn't say anything. It was just like, there's the altar. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, all right. So I've never come out officially to anyone, Mm -hmm. but I've never really hidden anything either, except when I was in the army, I didn't say I was bi because that was during don't ask, don't tell. But I Mm -hmm. did eventually tell my first sergeant because I was like, look, I'm getting out of the army because I can't live like this anymore. And he's like, well, you're married, right? You're not going to hit on anybody, right? So just stay. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no. Yeah. So that was, this is, this is a question uh, that I wanted to ask um, just sort of about your service in the U S military. And I wondered like um, if at that time you had witchy practices or beliefs and sort of like what that experience was like um, within the military culture or um, you know, if you did have those beliefs, did it like potentially like serve you during that time or 
was, you know, witchiness like not really on your radar then? And if like those experiences influence your practice now, I just think it would be a unique perspective to hear about is, is, you know, yeah, being in the U.S. military. Well, one thing about the military that I forget and I don't think a lot of people think about is your dog tags because they actually put your religious preference on your dog tags. Mm, I didn't know that. And yeah, it's your your name, your blood type and your religious preference. And at that time, I don't even think pagan was accepted officially on the dog tags. If you mm. happen to be in the room where they made the dog tags, you could make your own, which I'm not going to say. I, yeah, I'll say it because I'm out of the army. What are you going to do? Come get me? I put <laughs> pagan on there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't an accepted thing. Or Wiccan, I think, is one of the ones they accept now. Yeah. But... I felt like it was easier for me because I didn't have to go to church. I didn't have to have a minister. I did. I was in 82nd Airborne and I did actually, I think it was a St. Christopher's medal. I don't remember who the patron saint of paratroopers was, but I did carry one of those when I jumped. Although I am, I don't necessarily work with saints or have anything to do with anything biblical like i'm from the appalachians but i don't do bible verses that's not any part of my practice mm -hmm. but i did carry that medal when i jumped and i had like superstitions that i would do to keep me safe. okay here's one um once you get rigged up to jump you can't take any of it off and it's sometimes hours. And also it's North Carolina and it's usually pretty hot. So you got to drink a lot of water so you stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. And so I always had to pee like a fucking racehorse <laughs> by the time the door opened. And I always thought, well, I'm not, I'm going to be okay because the universe would not kill me with my bladder full. <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. Yeah. That, so would, I, be, I always that would be too like, embarrassing. If I really had to pee, I was like, this is just means everything's good. <laughs> So I always felt that little bit of relief. It sucked, but I was like, well, I know I'm not going to die because I really have to, be, <laughs> have to be too bad to die. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I could, never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, your brain, your brain does things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I also couldn't, I, I could bring, like, I didn't have to rely on a priest or, or a church no matter where I was, I had my beliefs and everything. And I, and I know a lot of Christians say the same thing that you don't mm -hmm. have to go there. But like when we would do training, I would go out in the woods and I was where I needed to be. Mm. So I would do little things in my head or leave some sort of offering by a tree. Very interesting. <laughs> um, it's so interesting. Like, that's so weird. Like to me, it's very weird. I, I'm sure it's because it's like a, just a long running thing. And it probably used to be that like everyone had a religion and it mattered to them. And I feel like it's like, now it seems very weird, you know, you to like ask a group of, of people, like everyone write down what your religion is. I feel like a, a lot of people that I know at least would be like, um, none. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to put something? Can you like have like if NA? If you don't, then there's no religious preference. I did mm. was that for a while because I also thought I was atheist. Mm. 
Yeah. Just seems like a odd thing to identify. Like that's like a core identity thing on your tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's only three things. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> so um I know you have this whole homesteading life thing going on. You know, you have your YouTube channel and um I've been sort of following that. And I was hoping that you could tell us a little bit about um, your setup there and what your desires are with living that lifestyle and how witchcraft fits into it. Well, we, and I know you know this, we're on Tohon Autumn land. Mm -hmm. But there was something here before we moved in and it interacts with us sometimes. And so one of the things that we do is to show respect to whatever that or those things is or are mm -hmm. um, by trying to keep the property neat. And I know it's a complete shit show. If you look <laughs> on the videos, it looks like a complete shit show. But we're working on it. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a, it's a work in progress. And it was pretty dead and we're trying to bring things back to it like mm -hmm. my altar garden it was overrun by this infected aloe which was mm. like i'm not going to say invasive but it's not native and now most of the stuff that's in there is native and i use it in my practice and I walk around and the way I tell if I'm doing the right thing that day is if I look down and there's, there's lots of quartz, but there, if there's a gleaming ass, bright ass, white piece of white quartz, and I'm not actively looking for something, like sometimes I walk around for my patrons, I will, I use stones from my property, make runes for them. But if I'm not actively looking for that and I see one, then I'll pick it up and I'll go put it in the altar garden. As like, mm -hmm. this is, this is for you guys. And we, what we're trying to do is to grow as much, we're, we want as much control over our food as we can mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. Just because I think it's, I think local is better than eating local is better than eating any other way. Vegetarian, vegan, mm -hmm. carnivore, whatever. Eating local is better than all of that, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And how much property do you have? Um, Just like, under an acre. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what brought you to, I mean, when you think of like kind of living a sustainable homestead sort of lifestyle, I don't normally think of like the desert, <laughs> you know? So I'm wondering like, you know, I tend to think of like, oh, you like want to be somewhere that's like super easy to grow this like giant lush garden, that kind of thing. And it's much more difficult to grow your giant lush garden uh, yeah. in Tucson. Gosh, um, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, you know, clearly not impossible. You know, like you said, people, uh, human beings have been living in this area for a very, very long time. So clearly you can get by here. Um, but yeah, what brought you to Tucson of all places um, from Colorado? Well, my husband's first duty station was in Fort Bliss in El Paso, Texas, hmm. which is barely in Texas. Just on the, it's like literally on the border of Texas and New Mexico. But he used to live here in Tucson. So mm -hmm. he, he 
talked about it all the time and said how cool it is. And I really was unhappy in El Paso. And so mm. we would so we would come here to sort of escape and have a bigger city. Like there's Trader Joe's here. Mm. There are things here that weren't available in El Paso. In El, yeah, in El Paso. So we would come here to escape and it was super cool and it was really pretty and it was a little more, bit more liberal. Mm-hmm. Eventually we got stationed back in Colorado where he's from, but we would still come here because it was warmer than Colorado mm-hmm. and the gem show happened. And I remember the first time I heard about it, I thought, what? That sounds crazy. Why would people come for that? This was mm-hmm. be pre jewelry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So once I started the jewelry business, we actually came here to go specifically for the gem show. And I thought, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, we were seriously talking about buying land and to buy land. It's really expensive in Colorado. And I knew I didn't want to go back East Mm. just because and this is where my heart belongs. <laughs> my heart was like, yeah. okay, we're Western people now. Mm. And Colorado is too cold. And the water rights are really weird there. They wow. didn't, they weren't allowed to do water a collection, like rain collection, until right before we moved. And we had already started looking elsewhere. And I really liked El Paso. I mean, no, nah, I did not. <laughs> That's incorrect. I really liked Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> And he liked it because he had lived here before. So he knew his way around and the gem show was here. And by then I had the business and I thought, well, that would be perfect. And I, we, th- we had these big plans of buying a, a bigger place and having an Airbnb and renting it out for the gem show. And it would pay our rent, oh, yeah, pay our, totally. our mortgage for like <laughs> two months, three months of the year or something, yeah. which didn't happen. But I still have little dreams of that. Yeah. But that's how we got here. It was because of the gem show. And because I realized that I'm getting older and I don't want to shovel snow ever again in my life, especially when I'm old Mm. and it's warm here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you won't have to do that here. (laughs) Yeah. And Um, it's warm and people, and I found a bunch of homesteaders who were doing what I wanted to do. They were making it. And so here we are. Cool. Um, so what motivates you in your witchcraft practice? Um, what questions or, or desires are at the core of your practice? I want to be content. That's the big motivator. Mm-hmm. What will make me content? Which is difficult because we are raised from birth to always want more, mm-hmm. at least your typical Americans are. So I'm trying to get out of that mindset and be content with what I have. Because did I want just one acre? No. I wanted like 10 at least because mm-hmm. I didn't want to see my neighbors. I wanted a an outdoor altar space where I could be naked if I wanted to. And mm-hmm. I definitely don't have that now. Um, but I, I want to be content. I want to make it better for everyone else. It being life, the universe, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there is, there are two, at least two opposing forces. And I choose to align myself 
with the one I identify as good and that's who I work with and try to fight for. Yeah, I think that that is like something that I sort of um, think about a lot, that idea of being content and sort of, yeah, the, 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 the tug between like having striving for something and like, but also not wanting to be like consumer driven and wanting more than you need. Um, Mm -hmm. But also not wanting to be, you know, totally complacent with something like a situation that you're just like not happy with. Um, Sometimes I'm like, you know, should I be content with this? Like, is like, should I learn to be content with this or is this actually a bad situation? So that's like a, a little thought loop that I get into of like, am I, am I just not being content or is, is this something that I actually should be working towards something else? Do you have the answer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, no. I just, it's something I have to remind myself of constantly because I used to live in a trailer park in a trailer with a postage stamp yard and we couldn't have any pets because mom Mm. said it was too small and now I have a freaking acre. There's we aren't even using all the the property we have. Mm-hmm. So would I like more because I don't want neighbors? Yes, but I have what I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have any family history with witchcraft? Is there any witches that people that you would consider witches in your family, or is there any? stigma that you feel like that comes from being considered a witch um, within your family or within the the place that you grew up? I think the only stigma would be relatives who think, oh God, she thinks she's a witch. Mm -hmm. Do you also believe in Hogwarts? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That sort of thing. Yeah. Otherwise I think they don't give a crap what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as family history, I don't really, I don't know of any past my mom because they never talk about anything. So who knows? Mm -hmm. But with my mom, I remember being little and she was a cop and she would say things like, I can tell when they're going to steal something or I can, I'll be following somebody and I can smell that they've been drinking or that, or she just knows Mm -hmm. or she'll, she, she just knew things growing up she would just know things so i don't know if she would call herself a witch i don't know if it went past i i mean i i think it had to go back further than her but i don't know, and know who it was or mm-hmm. where it came from but that's about as much as i have <laughs> mm. do you feel like you have the same sort of intuition yes. yeah yes do you there have any that I examples have that you'd want to share? And of course, for skeptics, of course, there are other ways so, that I could be telling these things. But mm-hmm. I knew my ex was having an affair, which could have been behavior. And since I grew up in an abusive household, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm specially tuned for behavior. Yes, you're absolutely right. But I also just knew There are other things that I can't remember exactly what they are, but there are things that I just know. And I also have OCD, which I've gone into before, but those fears are anticipatory. And this knowing is more like remembering 
something mm-hmm. I've always known. Mm-hmm. But I, the, that's the only example I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, when people are like, well, it was just that you like, you know, perceive the different behavior or whatever. But I think that that's a, its own sort of, you know, I think that being a witch is like being pers- like super tuned in, like tuned in and perceptive of like those little tiny shifts in energy or behavior around a person. Mm-hmm. Or like some people will like one person has suggested to me like, oh, you can like, you can speak to animals. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I can like speak to animals. I just like can look at how they're, you know, like I can just read their behavior. Yeah. And is there, is there a difference between that? Like, no, I guess I think reading their behavior is speaking to them and that anyone could do it if they just could like switch it, switch that part of their brain on. Communication is communication. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's see what else do I have on my list to ask you? Okay. Do you have any examples of like best or worst witchcraft experiences a time that a spell went really right or really wrong um and does that does either of those types of experiences affect your practice now i actually don't have any that apply to me hmm. a good one that i can think of and and it doesn't work for me because i've made myself one and it doesn't work but <laughs> i make rune i make spells out of jewelry and i made one for um money Mm. for my mentor patty parkhurst who is great and everyone should go check out her jewelry at (laughs) pattyparkhurst.com but i made her a, a rune bar and she wore it and she said i'm getting overwhelmed i'm getting so much work i don't know what to do Mm. so i and it it started when i put this necklace on (laughs) so she took it off and she was able to calm it down that's about the only thing i can think of Mm. i don't really do big things i just do small little little things i don't do anything that's really big i mean ken got this job which i'm really pleased with but i didn't really do that ken did Right. Yeah. No, I totally know what you mean. Like I, I also don't often do like a, like a big spell for something really specific. Um, yeah. I think that's setting myself up for failure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also like, I guess, so I think this is in, um, Oh, what's the book called? But uh, Amanda Yates Garcia, the, the Oracle of LA, I think in her, her memoir, she says something about like sort of, as she like got older and more like secure and settled down, she needed those sort of like big magic spells less because you are content and it becomes just about like little ritual things and that sort of intention and um, yeah, practice and tuning in rather than like, I need something I need, I need to like focus all my energy into getting this. Yeah. I'm not a wizard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just a freaking folk practitioner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How has the environment that you lived in shaped your practice? Obviously, it's, you know, we're in like a very specific sort of environment. And I wonder, like, how is your practice different here in the desert than when you lived elsewhere? 
I think where I grew up formed how I practice. Hmm. Because I grew up poor and I grew up in the mountains of Virginia. And so you learn to do with what you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that sort of formed how I do everything. And then when we moved down here, what I got is a bunch of pokey things and <laughs> rocks. <laughs> yeah. Not much water. And so I, I look and see. I'm still learning because I've only been here a couple of years. I look and see what everything does here. And, and there's not a lot. Of, I can't find a lot of information about the plants here. Hmm. Like brittle bush. Nobody knows what brittle bush is except people who live here. I've never heard of it until I moved here. Hmm. I see what it does now and I know what I would use it for now after watching it after two years but yeah. and the be the only reason i know that it was used as incense because i found one like one article somewhere about oh they used to call it incienso and, and they the spanish used to mm. use that but what i see is that it's determination it's determined one there's a lot of it and it will grow anywhere it's super determined not to die but it also gives way if it has to but the roots stay and it'll grow back again unless you dig the roots out Hmm. So I learned that here because mm -hmm. before back east, I mean, there's a million plants. You can just look them up. Everybody knows all kinds of stuff. You can mm -hmm. find information about everything back there. Yeah. But here there's a lot of so, like, there's like, yeah, way more like his history. I think. Yeah. Like, and here can I can't find that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to go knock on, the door on the reservation say, Hey, can you educate me? Because that's not their damn job. Yeah. <laughs> so I am trying to do it myself and, and I'm doing that by observing more where back East or even in Colorado, I would be able to look it up and I wouldn't have to just sit back and wait and see what happened. I could just look mm -hmm. it up and know immediately. But also I think, I think it's better to, do that sitting and actually getting to know it because when you just look it up, I feel like you're alive. It might not always knowledge. be. Yeah. <laughs> well, also like it just like might not always be true for the plant that you're with there in that moment. You know, you know what I mean? Like this is yeah. true for oak trees in general, but maybe not this oak tree in this specific climate or this is not how it's presenting to me. Um, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I think that like I've learned a lot of my my desert plant knowledge from from Black Sage Botanicals. Um, she actually coming up soon. She's hosting a like plant walk, and she'll also do them like for like sort of private lesson if you wanted to. Where she, you know we just like walk around the park, and she tells me about that's you know, my favorite thing. <laughs> like things like that's the like, best class. Like, she's like this is you know this is a hoba. And this is, and you know, I don't know. I learned, I learned all sorts of stuff like, um, you know, like in the apocalypse, um, <laughs> that, uh, prickly pear, you know, like pads, um, can be good at regulating our, like uh, insulin levels. So if you're like a diabetic, hmm. um, I mean, it's definitely not the same as like taking your insulin shot, but if you have to try to regulate your blood sugar, in a world where you don't have pharmaceuticals 
there are plants that can help and, and prickly pear pads are one of them, apparently. Cool. Stuff like that. <laughs> what or who are the three biggest influences on your practice? I actually have thought about this one. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to cheat. And one, I'm going to say my parents. Hmm. Both of them. Mom, because I think whatever this knowing is, I think it came from her. And dad, because he would take us out on these hikes and call them nature walks. And we just wander all through. And just like you were just describing, if he knew something, he'd point it out and he'd say, hey, that's whatever. Here's something mm -hmm. here. Let's dig around in this creek. And so that really shaped my practice as far as being very nature based. Uh, the second one, I'm going to say the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour, Charlie sure. and Macy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I didn't really start digging in hardcore until I found their podcast. And I'm, they're just such good friends. I'm so thankful mm -hmm. to both of them for existing and for being in my life. I love them both dearly. Everyone should go listen to their podcast. Shoot, I don't know who the third one is. <laughs> Maybe Ken, because he's always, he's just a big influence in my life in general, because mm. he's so supportive of everything I do. It's baffling. Mm. And I appreciate that a lot, even though I don't always show it. Honey, I love you. You're great. <laughs> Thanks for your support. I do appreciate it, even though I don't express it very well. Does he so, listen to all of your podcast episodes? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I hear you talk enough. I think so. So those are my three. Well, um, what do you say? What would you say is your biggest struggle when it comes to witchcraft? Believing. Hmm. Even though I've seen things, there are so many other things that it could be even cloud bursting which i've done and that was the first thing really that made me that was that i could see that i did mm. even that but seeing that i make a difference is important to me i mean i love to squeegee because i can see immediate results <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> That and vacuuming. They're one of my favorite mm. things to do because immediate results yeah. and they're definite. <laughs> and that's not something you get from witchcraft most of mm. the time. Yeah. So so not being able to see results is, is very hard for me. Hmm. Yeah. So this is, uh, you often ask people about self-doubt and imposter syndrome. Um, and so clearly it's something that you think you think about. <laughs> um, so I wondered, you know, what is your relationship to imposter syndrome and do you ever doubt your magic? <laughs> um, and I also wondered, you know, like what is, you know, the difference between self-doubt and then doubt, doubt, you know, like I doubt my magic versus I doubt that magic is even real, you know? Um, oh, both. I have both yeah, of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a bit about that. <laughs> 
As far as can it be real? I mean, it seems to me dumb to think we're going to call it magic right now. But people also probably thought penicillin was magic. They used to bleed people mm-hmm. and drill holes in their heads. <laughs> so uh, they used to think people having seizures, who knows what they thought? I don't know. I wasn't there. But basic medical things they used to think were magic or were caused by magic. We're just ignorant. We're dumb monkeys. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm held together by some sort of weird electricity and it can decide, you know what? Fuck this person. I don't want to be this person anymore. They can all just scatter to the universe is terrifying. But we sort of know that's what it is. Hmm. And that's the the big doubt with the big D. That's how I handle that. We just don't know yet. Hmm. We're Mm -hmm. stupid monkeys. We don't know. We're ignorant. As far as self-doubt, I also have to look at the things I have accomplished. Hmm. I applied, just on a whim, applied for a grant (laughs) and got five grand and a trip to New York. Hmm. And I got to make a big speech and people listened to what I said. And fancy people, like big name people in the jewelry business, gave me their business card and it said, Hmm. look me up. Did I do any of those things? Hell no. (laughs) But for a moment, I achieved it. Mm. So I jumped out of planes and I didn't die. I made it through the thing to, to be able to get to that point, to the, through the training. Mm. So I have to remind myself of things I've accomplished. I have my shit on TV. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> so I have to, even though none of those things are specifically to do with my craft, They are to do with me. So when I feel self-doubt about anything, I have to remind myself, you never thought that, you thought all that shit was impossible too, but you did it. So Hmm. apply that here. Yeah. So what do you dislike or love or both? What do you like and dislike about the witch community in general, whether that's the the giant witch community or um, more localized or whatever? This has actually changed for me after asking so many people these mm, questions. Yeah. Some of it, some of it mm-hmm. has. I mean, obviously, gatekeeping isn't my favorite, but sometimes I don't really want to call it gatekeeping. I'm going to call it education. Sometimes people need an education about why mm-hmm. you shouldn't call it smudging or don't use slurs to describe travelers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's or not yourself. like like I, yeah. There's a difference I think between gatekeeping and, and yeah, like like having like educating someone about a topic. But it, they're yeah. both very often they're both called gatekeeping, mm-hmm. and I don't like that people have to be petty and tell say you're doing it wrong. You know what? If it works for me, I'm I'm not doing it wrong. It obviously works for me. And and when I'm trying to explain something I do, I try to specify that, hey, this is what works for me. Mm-hmm. You can try it. If it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work for you. Find what does work for you. But this is where you can start because it works for me. And this is how I do it. Mm-hmm. I don't like... 
Um, okay, what do I love? I love how free everyone is, mostly, hmm. with information. At least in the groups that I communicate with regularly. Natural Witchcraft, I think, is one of them. The Witch Bitch Amateur Podcast Coven is another. Those are really the two that, only the two that I hang out in a lot. Hmm. I love how welcoming it is to new people at least in my experience again this is purely from my experience like i'm not on witch talk i'm not even on tiktok anymore mm-hmm. shit seems to be going down over there oh yeah <laughs> all the time all the time something's going down over there i i don't know what's happening it's not my business anymore i left <laughs> mm-hmm. and if you don't like what's happening in tiktok leave tiktok you'll be happier but I love how welcoming we are. I love how friendly everyone is. We're yeah, just great. It seems, I love how great like, we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easy to like get started or like when you have like no idea what you're doing, there's like, yeah, a bunch of people who will like be chill about it and not be like, mm-hmm. you idiot. <laughs> yeah. I mm. can't say that I've seen that response. In a good yeah, people while. are ex- yeah, people are excited. I think to share and and talk about it. I also love that we're able to do it now, mm. like without being and afraid. That there, most and that there is a community. Not even like, most. I yeah, feel like I'm most glad people are community. like. Before it was like me and a book that I found that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to keep hidden from your folks. <laughs> yeah, I love. Uh, this isn't specifically about the witch community as itself, but I love that we're more able to be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish was discussed more in the witch community? See, here's why I came up with that question. There mm. are so many people who have interesting points of view and perspectives that I have never thought about. I'm a white girl. You My are. perspective is perfectly <laughs> represented. <laughs> I'm very well represented. Mm-hmm. So, no, everything's fine for me. I want to hear other perspectives. And I'm that's part of the reason I asked that question, because I want to hear other people's perspectives. I want to mm-hmm. hear other people talk about things that I don't know about. That's what I want to hear more about. I don't even know what they are, mm-hmm. but I want to hear about it. Yeah. So how do you feel social media affects your practice? And do you feel like you use social media to affect others? To affect, honestly, I don't really think it affects my practice that much. As it's social media itself. Mm. Like, I might get ideas from social media that I... Mm-hmm. tweak to be mine yeah if somebody said here's a spell for whatever i don't do that i don't ask for spells mm-hmm. because that's not how my stuff works so it's sort of fringe for my practice for my business it's huge mm-hmm. for socialization it's huge for for my practice mm-hmm. i'm gonna say it doesn't impact it 
nearly as much as it does other parts of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. How I use it to affect others. I try to give everyone everyone's point of view that I can. I want people to see that we're all different and we're all the same in, in our differences. I try to get people to be nicer. Hmm. I try to educate. I also am just there to have a good time and I only want to laugh at things. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give a shout out to my favorite Instagram account at the moment, Aborted Dreams. Their stories make my fucking day. (laughs) (laughs) It's not witchy at all, but it is fucking hilarious. And that's what I want to do for other people to show them the world. Hmm. Yeah, and so much of social media can be like just such like like so fucking serious and such a drag. <laughs> and so yeah, it's nice like those count- accounts that are just like, oh, this is like this is bringing me joy. And that's important too. It's also how I communicate with people. I mean, it's my socialization. I don't leave my house. I work from home now. Mm-hmm. I don't go anywhere anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you tell someone just starting out in witchcraft? Do you have any sage advice for newbies? Uh, don't call it smudging. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, no, I'm serious about that. Mm -hmm. Just don't call it smudging unless just, just don't. If you can call it smudging, then you understand why you can. You've you've been to that ceremony. Mm-hmm. You know what it is. Sure, you can do whatever you want because that's not mine. Just please don't call it smudging if you're just doing a smoke cleanse. Mm. But that's not even that's it started out as a joke, and I had to go into it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my real advice is. Don't worry so much about the rules and figure out what works for you. And yes, that means you probably will start out with a book and following a spell word by word and and making sure you have all the ingredients and you do it at the right time of day and the moon is in the right whatever. Mm -hmm. You probably will when you start out, but realize that one that it's okay to do it that way because people are going to say just do it your own way but if you don't have any clue what your own way is you still you're gonna that's how you learn it's okay Mm -hmm. to start out with a book and a list of ingredients and stuff you say that's fine but also don't be afraid to change it to something that makes more sense for you or that is more accessible for you like if Mm -hmm. you can't get i don't know whatever ingredient Mm mm-hmm a certain kind of sage that's grown up in the Alps. Mm-hmm. Just get some out of your mom's pantry. <laughs> yeah. And don't be scared. Ask us for help. So what brings you the most joy in your practice? What witchy things do you really geek out about? Weirdly for me, community brings me the most joy. Hmm. One of my favorite moments in my whole fucking life was at the fire at Anahata's Purpose, being surrounded by witches 
who were comfortable in themselves and welcoming everyone. There were people who were not in our friend group who were just wandering up because there was a fire and a bunch of people having a good time around it. And Mm -hmm. we all welcomed them. And that was great. Yeah. I've forgotten the question. (laughs) (laughs) Just what, what brings you joy in your practice and things and what things you really geek geek out about. Yeah. Other witches bring me joy. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing. Yeah. You started this podcast. So yeah. Poison stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I know little to nothing about it, but man, am I interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I don't know anything about it, but wow. <laughs> well, I signed up for um, a workshop. It's the Botanica Obscura conference, uh, by the way, that I think is next weekend. Oh, cool. Cool. This is this weekend in case I'm screwed because it's Sunday. <laughs> Did it, uh, are they recording it though? Like, could you? Yeah. 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 It's, so you can yeah. still like catch it if it's not like you have to be like locked in. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, here we are on the podcast asking questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my life every time. <laughs> gets cut out so many times i'm like what are we doing (laughs) yeah suddenly come back you know to earth and um so this is a question you always ask people and um who would you like to see on the show who are your um you know as the showrunner do you have any like white whales that you're chasing um (laughs) like people that you really want would would love to get on the show but seem like you know just out of like celeb- like celebrities. <laughs> Two people. Faruza Balk. Hmm. She's the top, but also Tempest. Okay. I don't think I know Faruza Balk. She played Nancy in The Craft. Oh, sure. Yes. But she's a fascinating person. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And although she may not call herself one, I think she's a witch. She makes. I think she might. She might call herself one. Well, she's fascinating, and I would love to talk to her. Yeah. But those two people and Tempest, Mm -hmm. just because it's freaking Tempest. Mm -hmm. Do you think you'll ever try to reach out? to these people and and see if they'll do it Mm. i have reached out i think i reached out to feruza i'm not positive i can't Mm -hmm. remember there was one night when i was like screw it i'm just gonna write to all these people (laughs) yeah i sent out a bunch of emails at like two in the morning (laughs) yeah yeah but i'm still like because i think tempest is more likely i'm more Mm -hmm. afraid so i haven't asked her yet Mm. oh dana newkirk i asked her i would love to have her on the show I don't think I know who she is. She is a witch. Have you heard of the show? It's like a documentary called Hellier. No, I don't think so. They, her, she, and her husband run this really weird museum of like haunted or cursed objects. Mm, okay, it's it's weird. It's super interesting. <laughs> I would love to have her on the show. Mm. I asked her too, and there has been no response. Mm. Wait till you get like a little more famous. 
Oh, I'm waiting. (laughs) (laughs) So how does it feel to be the one interviewed on your own podcast? Weird as hell. Are there any questions? Are there any questions that you like always ask people that when it's asked to you, you're like, wait, no. <laughs> Basically, the uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, the one where you said to, in, to like introduce myself, I completely forgot <laughs> that I had to do that, yeah. and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the others, I, I have thought about. Mm-hmm them when i ask other people i think about what i think about it (laughs) yeah yeah totally so of course we have your your questions that you always ask at the at the end of your episodes here let's hear your recommendations what would you like to recommend recommend to your listeners right now the expanse is that the show or just the idea oh good it's so good (laughs) just dive into it (laughs) it's a tv show it is it's a tv show but it's also a series of books Mm -hmm. and i finished the series and it's broken my heart that i'm done with the series Mm -hmm. but i i think it would be and i almost never say i i don't think i've ever said this before but it's complicated and I think you will understand and be able to follow the books better if you watch the show first. Hmm. Kind of vaguely like Game of Thrones, because for the first half of the first book of Game of Thrones, I didn't realize Ned and whatever they else they call him was the same person. Because hmm. <laughs> they, they called him two different things. And I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Yeah, and you just keep just reading. like on yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> like, like okay. on Downton Abbey, where I thought like one of the the how like I thought two of the women were the same person, and it took me like <laughs> two episodes to realize they're different people. <laughs> I, that's happened to me in shows where like people look a little too similar, and there's too much going on, and yep. yeah, <laughs> it's like that with the Expanse. But I promise you, it is so good. It mm. is so good, and. If you watch it, then message me and we can talk about how good it is. It's amazing. What streaming service is it on? Amazon. Amazon. All right. So now is the time, the ultimate time, where you get to tell us a story that you love to tell. (laughs) A story about anything at all. You know, this, I was dreading this because I didn't really have one. Hmm. For the longest time. And then last night I was talking to Kat, my friend Kat, mm. uh, Kat Sketch on YouTube, if you want to go check her out. Yes, I'm going to do a million shout outs on this. <laughs> <laughs> but I was talking to her about something insane my dad did that I still think is hilarious. And he was not a particularly nice person. I don't even think i like him now and he's dead but and i still harbor endless angst and rage about his existence (laughs) but this is one thing that (laughs) still delights me he was recovering from a like a week-long drunk or something Mm -hmm. and so he had me go pick up his paycheck and i had to go in and ask for it because he was calling in sick And he needed the money probably to go get drunk again. Mm. So 
I dropped him off like a block from his business, wherever the hell he worked. I don't even know. And I went and got his check. And then I picked him up on the way back. And he got into the car and he handed me an applic a job applic like a, a a sheaf of papers because mm-hmm. <laughs> he said yeah i went in there and he was sort of lit when he was telling the story by the way and reeked of alcohol mm-hmm. so he handed me the sheaf of papers he was like yeah i went in there and asked for a job and i said what and he was dressed like you would expect him mm. to be, considering how I've described him. Just picture what do you think he's wearing, and that's <laughs> probably it. And he was like, yeah. And I'm going to just tell you the way he told me. Yeah, I went in there, and I leaned up on the desk of the secretary, and I said, hey, I'm here to put in an application. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry, what? And like leaned away from a little bit. Because <laughs> he reeked. <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry, what do you, what, are you here to apply for a, a what? And he's like, here to apply for a job. Mm. And she said, a job for, what job, what position? And he's mm-hmm. like, president of the company. <laughs> <laughs> so she slid a piece, just, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. I feel bad for the girl, but she slid him an application. <laughs> She actually gave it to him and he said his name was Keith Richards and then filled it out as if he were Keith Richards. So they gave it back to her <laughs> and she was young and didn't know who Keith Richards was. I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. Cause he said she didn't respond to that. And so she gave him like some papers and he left and that was it. That was it. That was a story. Mm-hmm. But the fact that made me laugh so hard, even though I didn't even want him in my car. <laughs> just i was like holy shit that could be a a shtick that you do you just go in places and tell them you are an apply for the president of the company and you put down the real names of musicians (laughs) that you like because like ringo star ringo star's name isn't ringo star (laughs) just to see what happens this was before YouTube. This is before people recorded things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if 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 we had smartphones at that time, this would have been how I got famous. Because <laughs> <laughs> we would have done it. That's it. That's the story. Dad All got right. real drunk and, and it harassed a secretary. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still one of the... Oh, and another time. I'm sorry. We're going to tell Dad was drunk stories. Another time. <laughs> sorry to I'm sorry if this makes anyone uncomfortable, by the way. (laughs) But he was, he, I'm not really, I want to say he was a musician, but he wasn't a musician. He just played guitar sometimes. And we went down in the basement of my grandmother's house, like at Thanksgiving. And so my cousins were there. They were about our age, maybe a little bit older. And we made up this song called Puppy Pyramids about dogs. Do you remember how the song went? Puppy pyramids. You think it's kind of funny, but it's really kind of runny. Puppy pyramids. <laughs> and she was playing guitar. She was playing guitar. And like, remember how saltines used to come in a tin? No. Well, they did. And my grandmother filled hers full of 
clothespins. So oh, I was sure. shaking that like a oh, tambourine, yeah. except it was a tin full of clothespins. And then my other cousin was sitting on like the dryer and thumping on the dryer yeah. like it's the drums. And we were all down there screaming that song. And then we went upstairs to sing it <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Why anyone thought that was appropriate, I will never understand. <laughs> anyway, the end. Dad got drunk a bunch of times and did some weird shit, and I was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am so glad that you sung that song. <laughs> that is that's the highlight. Um. Yeah, that should be the show opener. There was more, but that's the only part I can remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the puppy pyramids, that was <laughs> why it ha- was repetitive like that. I don't oh, know, yeah. but it was fun to sing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the perfect song. It can't be improved upon. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I learned to write poetry. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I learned about rhythm and, 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 and alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is a fave. (laughs) So is there anything else that you want to bring up or things that you have to plug, uh, whether it's like upcoming sales or, I I don't know, uh, upcoming episodes of this podcast or... um I don't, I don't you know, know whatever. there wasn't, there wasn't, but now you're, you're reminding me that yeah, I should do that. <laughs> Have a new episode to, to plug. Or... <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure when this episode is going to come out, but either go back and listen or. Or stay tuned listen and listen. To, yeah. One or the other. I'm going to do another Anahata's episode, mm-hmm. revisiting people who went and seeing how it affects their life now. Mm. And if you are interested in going to Anahata's Purpose, then you can use my code for a monetary discount. Mm. And I don't remember how much you get off. Sorry. (laughs) And it's AVGWitch22. Thanks, Rachel, for that. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, listen to the Anahata's Purpose episodes and go back and listen to Kim Stoll's episode oh, yeah. back in season one. Because yeah, she one was, of the OGs. Yeah, she <laughs> was one of the first people to actually sit down with me. And I really had a good time. And it was the first time I heard about Brock Rye, actually. So yeah, go listen. Nice. Um, what else? Is there anything else we should ask? <laughs> Is this the I end? don't know. I think so. <laughs> thank you so much this was fun okay all right well thank you for being on your own show (laughs) (laughs) thank you for asking me lots of questions and and dealing with this horse shrieky shit that's (laughs) happening every time i answer anything (laughs) by the way someone on youtube told me um the only thing they had to say was giggle less. Oh, mm, that's your, that's, that's, but, my also feedback. The, that's <laughs> but I feel like that, that turns into like a weird, creepy, like if, if no one is respond, like someone's telling a story and you're just completely silent. <laughs> it's like, Oh, like kind of, I don't know. 
You need a laugh track. <laughs> oh, they got it here. All right. Well, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast, Twitter at Average Witch Pod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Your Average Witch Podcast, at Your Average Witch.com, and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review. You can review us on Amazon and Apple Podcasts, and now you can rate us on Spotify. You just might hear your review read at the end of the next episode. To rate Your Average Witch on Spotify, click the home key click on Your Average Witch podcast, and then leave a rating. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash cleverkimscurios. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the moon changes.